Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Well, hello. So nice to have you here listening today. Now, this episode, you might have noticed from the title, and maybe it's a bit obvious for people that are living in Australia, but this episode has been inspired by the recent series of Australian Ninja Warrior, which is a TV show. Now, if you haven't seen it or heard of the show, it is basically a competition where people go through like a majorly challenging obstacle course over water, like these series of pools that got obstacles built over the top of them, including things like jumping from one platform like two metres to another platform or jumping off a little mini trampoline to reach up and grab an overhead bar and then swing out and leap to grab some other pole or beam or something or using your fingers to carry your like body weight across a series of these swinging doors that are just hanging and moving around or running up this curved wall which is called the warped ball to then pull yourself up over the top. Now the goal of this entertaining madness is to complete the course and hit a buzzer that then shows how long it took you to get there. And then there's a prize for whoever goes the furthest, the fastest. And it's over a series of stages and finals and things like that with new obstacles being introduced at each stage with the ultimate granddaddy challenge at the end, which is called Mount Midoriyama. Doesn't this sound like drama? (laughs) It's a gigantic kind of structure, if you like, with a rope going up the the middle of this mountain that competitors have to climb that rope pulling their body weight with no assistance pulling their own body weight up about 30 meters I think it is up to the ultimate buzzer and after two series and hundreds literally hundreds of competitors including like amazing incredibly fit professional athletes or fitness professional types. So far in Australia, no one has made it all the way to Mount Midoriyama. Whew, God, I feel a bit exhausted just <laughs> explaining that competition, let alone actually doing it. But anyway, watching the show is just a whole bucket of awesomeness. And every time I watch it and I see someone face the course, I just find myself either holding my breath or yelling at the TV, like cheering them on, going, come on, you could do it. Um, Or then unfortunately also commiserating with them when they fall or just yee-hawing when they actually make it and they get through and they hit that buzzer. Now, I am so not an athlete and would never imagine in my lifetime that I would ever do something like Ninja Warrior, but I do get caught up in the energy and excitement of it. I remember the first series that came out, uh, I was quite surprised at how kind of hooked I got on really wanting to watch it and see what 
people would do and how who would get through and all that kind of thing. And just watching the amazing, really quite unbelievable things that the human body and mind is capable of. I think that's probably what attracts me the most. So when I was watching it, this series, I was thinking about it through a different lens and that's what inspired me to do this episode because I identified five things that working women can learn from Ninja Warrior, uh, no matter whether you're employed or you work for yourself. These are five things that I think competitors in Ninja Warrior use and benefit from that you as a working woman can also use and benefit from. So I wanted to share them here. So I'm going to dive into those five. The first one is the impact of focus. Now, in Ninja, there's like the end game focus, which is Mount Midoriyama, that end climb and challenge that they have to get to. But there's also, uh, I guess, stages along the way. They have to qualify for the show in the first instance and apparently thousands and thousands of people apply. Then there's all the little stages of qualifying within the show, getting to the semifinals, and then there's stages within the different finals that happen, stage one of the course, stage two and three, and everyone, you know, I guess gets knocked out until you're just left with the final few. And then there's also the mini focuses of each individual obstacle that requires their focus as well. And how this plays out for working women, I think, is in two ways. Firstly, the importance of having an end goal to work towards, like figuring out what the next end game is for you. What is that next level of success or progress in your work life for you? And having that as a goal for you to work towards, not just being busy, just generally busy for the sake of being busy, you have something that you know that's where you're wanting to get to either eventually professionally or this year or in the next five years or whatever time period. So you have that longer term end game that can be a focus that you're moving towards. That might be finishing a certain qualification that's going to allow you to step up into either a new industry because you have that qualification now or step up within your existing industry. And secondly, it's your ability to focus on what's in front of you, the task that you're working on, and to not get distracted by worry or anticipation of what's around the corner, what may or may not happen and letting that distraction derail you either from getting started or from completing what you're doing right now successfully. So just focusing on the task at hand, whether that task at hand is implementing a project in your work or whether that might be figuring out what you actually want to pivot your career to do next or how to market your new business, or just the ability for you to focus on the task at hand is going to serve you well, no matter where you're at and no matter where you want to get to. Because without a focus, you can get shiny object syndrome and it's so easy to do. And I know that I struggle with that because I have lots of ideas and I get excited about, oh, this could be really great and I want to create that and people would really benefit from that or want that. But if I 
kept indulging in all those distractions, I would never complete anything. And there's a great satisfaction that comes from that. You only really complete things when you can maintain your focus on the task at hand. So the question is for you to ask yourself, what is your focus in your work life right now? Do you want to change industry? Do you want to start a side gig because you know longer term you want to move that side gig into being the main gig? Or do you have an existing side gig or business that you want to grow or expand or give a little bit more attention to? You want to choose a specific area as your focus and work towards that along with the micro milestones along the way. So that's number one. Uh, Number two little tip out of Ninja Warrior for working women is the importance of decision making. And decision making is a combination between trusting your instinct and your experience and actually making a decision, not letting things just drift and see what happens, but actually making a conscious choice, making a decision. And they say that a decision hasn't actually truly been made until some sort of action has been taken in the direction of that decision. So the sign of a decision is actually an action that you are taking. Now, this is evidence that you're actually on your way, that you know you want to be weighing up all the information that's available to you and then make a decision. What are you going to do? And then doing something in that direction. Now, in Ninja Warrior, this is things like you know, making the decision to actually apply, the decision to train, which, you know, it's a big commitment to training. It's the decision of of taking literally the leap from one obstacle to reach the next. And in the context of your work life, it's the decision to actually consider what's next for you, to ask yourself, what does the next level of success and work satisfaction look like for you. You know, maybe it's you reaching out by listening to a podcast like this one. Good on you. Or it's deciding to look at your existing skills and interests and having a conversation with someone that can help guide you about what might be next for you. Or if you don't know how to figure that out, then having a conversation and putting some time and effort and energy into that. But it's actually making a decision instead of sitting back and being passive and just seeing what shows up. The third thing is mindset. And this is such a big one because in almost every field, every industry, one of the biggest influencing factors on success is mindset. What actually goes on inside your head and how that impacts what you do do and what you don't do. And with Ninja Warrior, there are so many factors that vary with each competitor. You know, their height, body shape, whether they're super muscly or more lean, uh, what they do professionally, whether they're male or female, lots of variables. But the ones who do the best seem to be the ones who really can manage their mindset, focusing in on what they believe is possible. And for those that when they crashed out, 
very often what they'll say happened is that they lost focus or they doubted or they second guessed the jump or something. And so it's really interesting that impact of what's going on inside your head can impact so much what happens externally. For example, one of the, I guess, key obstacles is the warped wall. Now, this is this massive, I don't even know how tall it is, more than, I think it's more than six or seven metres. It's this curved wall, almost like a, a skate ramp, but goes upwards. And for for quite a long time, no one seemed to be able to make it either to that wall or the few that did, no one seemed to be able to get up the wall. It was too tiring, too hard, too high. And then once one person made it all of the way to the wall and then up the wall, then suddenly it became possible. The word on the street, the vibe, what people were saying, what people were talking about was that, yeah, it's possible. And so more and more people after that started making it up the wall. That's what happens in life is that suddenly people started finishing and hitting the buzzer, more people got through and in faster times. And that's the weird thing about human beings is that sometimes things that seem impossible that have never been done are talked about and labelled as, well, that's impossible until someone does it. And then because there's a reference point of someone doing it, oh, well, now it's suddenly much more doable. (laughs) It becomes more normal and suddenly more people achieve that thing. Now, not necessarily for everyone, but for those who lock in that mindset of if that person can do it, then so can I. And it's so interesting that from a work context, I just earlier today actually saw a really interesting conversation thread in a Facebook group that I'm part of where someone posted a question about making career change after 40 and you know there's lots of reasons or stories that you can tell yourself about why it's too hard or too risky or not possible to successfully change careers at 40 or beyond but then there's also a stack of stories and examples of people who have done it despite all the challenges and stories and reasons and excuses because for those people they locked in to believing that it was not only possible but it was possible for them because your mindset is influencing about 80% of your results. So you want to start to get curious and maybe start being a lot more selective and protective of what you actually think about and tell yourself and say that is true or is possible for you because it's going to have a huge impact on what you decide to do or not do. Takeout number four is tackling challenges. And this is such an interesting one because on Ninja, there were some people who approached the challenge in a really calm focused, strategic way. There were some guys that they sort of almost referred to as being a bit like a robot because he was very methodical and cool, calm and collected. Those people sort of took the approach of really thinking about balancing 
how they were using both their upper body strength with their legs so they didn't get too fatigued. And then there were other people who just took the the focus on just speed, like just run at it, just get into it, smash it out. And some people who took the speed approach actually found that that worked really well for them. They moved fast, they were light-footed, they just didn't even have enough time for any doubt to creep in or to overthink anything. They just trusted in their ability and their experience to be able to handle it in the moment. And for some of those people, that strategy worked really great. For others, they used more strategy and they were looking more logically at each obstacle or challenge. They were sort of assessing the approach, where were they going to stand or bounce or reach, that kind of thing, and then they would act. Now, they took a little bit more time, but it also allowed them to anticipate and plan a little bit more. Now, there's no right or wrong about whether you should take the approach of speed or strategy, except to know and appreciate your own style Are you someone who does better when you just rip something off like a Band-Aid if you're trying to make a decision or create change? And for some people, that's the approach they take. There's even a whole methodology which is called 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 and then you just do whatever the thing is that you were thinking about. Or for other people, maybe you prefer a slow and steady approach, more considered. And I think there's no right or wrong. I actually think that the best approach is a combination of the two. That might be because I'm a Gemini and I like variety and I like not having to choose just one of anything. But I think it's the combination of the two and knowing when it's time for thinking, planning, strategy and when it's just time for speed and just getting on with it. So if you're thinking about career change then taking the strategic approach of thinking things through can actually help you feel clearer about the plan. But getting stuck in overthinking can sometimes mean that you talk yourself out of making any change and just cracking it one day and throwing all your toys out of the pram and making a really rash decision. So taking the speed approach can actually sometimes set yourself up for a harder road or for some people that speed approach might just force them to just get on with it and keep moving. So I think the trick is to know for you when is it time for planning and strategy and when is it time to just stop thinking and start to move. That's the take out of that one. And the last one, number five, is the importance of having a supportive tribe. You know, people that have common goals that are like-minded and being around those people actually allow you to normalize the goal, the aspiration that you're thinking about and wanting to work towards. And those people will help understand where you're at and the highs and lows and the challenges that you're going to be coming across. Even things like terminology sometimes can be useful to have people that are, you know, supportive and in that like-minded space. From a ninja perspective, you could see the competitors who were quite connected with each other, who trained together and were there genuinely to cheer each other and support each other. Because even though they were competing for the same thing and therefore were competitors of each other, they were actually united in the pursuit of that common goal and aspiration. 
And when it comes to your work life and actually life in general, it is just so important to have people on your side, people that are really genuinely in your corner, people who understand the goal that you are working towards and the sort of challenges that you are facing or potentially likely to face as you continue to go down that road. Now, those people can become your cheerleader, your challenger and your guide as you hit different hurdles and as you need help to just keep moving forward. Now, that tribe, those cheerleaders could be people that you find in a Facebook group. It could be a coach that you work with or an accountability buddy or people that are doing a program or a course together like my CEOU program. When you do some kind of group program, group training, you're going to find like-minded people that are at a similar place as you, that want similar things to you. And it helps you to find people who want to create a work life that they enjoy and to help you do that too. You know, a work life that draws on your unique passions, your skills, your strengths without killing yourself along the way. But you've got to have people who understand what it is that you're going through. Otherwise, it can just be very isolating and frustrating as an experience to go through alone. Plus, it just takes a lot longer to do it on your own. Now, for me, most of my friends and family are employees, so they don't necessarily really always understand the sort of work that I do or the challenges that I hit up against or am working through. And that's why I am always in some sort of coaching program or training course, because in that I am able to connect with other people that are either at a similar point to where I'm at professionally, or they might even be a bit further along the road than I am, because those people can give advice and support and I can give it back to them because they understand where I'm at and I understand where they're at. So for you, it's just so important for you to have people that you can talk to about what's going on for you, whether they are friends or family, although very often, not always, but very often, friends and family can actually have some sort of vested interest in you staying the same, doing the same thing that you've been doing. So they're not always the very best people to rely on for objective advice. Sometimes they are because they know you really well. But other times they'll hold back from saying certain things because they love you, they care for you. Other times they will be super protective and they won't want you to take any kind of risk. And the the downside of that is that for you to change is involving risk. And so just be mindful, I guess, about where you get your support and advice from. But find someone or a group that can guide you based on where you're at now and where you want to go so that you can get started and feel supported along the way. That's you really feeling like you have found your tribe. So that's it. My five takeouts for working women from watching Australian Ninja Warrior. Now, I'm sure that there's probably more than five takeouts. I didn't even touch on the whole different approach between male and female competitor side of things or any of that kind of side or... Oh, another one, the impact of sideline critics. That's probably a whole nother episode, actually. 
because we all have sideline critics in our life, especially when we're trying to do something different. So let me recap the five for you. They were, one, the impact of focus. Two, managing your mindset. Three, decision-making. Four, how you tackle challenges, speed or strategy. And number five, the importance of tribe. So which one of those could you dig into this week to up-level your work life and the next level of what it is that you're working towards? And if you are wanting to make change in your work life to maybe change direction or launch a new side gig project, then mark your calendar because on September the 1st, I will be opening the doors to my program, CEOU, being your own boss in the business of your life. I am super excited about running this program live again. It's the first time that I'll be running it live this year and I just can't wait to get into it and to welcome new awesome women who are ready to step into the next phase of their work life, to get more clarity about what that next phase looks like and how to make that happen. So if that sounds good to you, then stay tuned for more info about that. But in the meantime, if you haven't already downloaded the new free guide, the top 10 in-demand skills for women making a career change, then you can grab your copy at thetransitlounge.com forward slash in hyphen demand hyphen skills. I know it's a super long URL. I will put a link in the show notes for you. So that you can have a look at what are those skills and how can you leverage the ones you already have as you start to look at what the next level is for you in your career change and career growth. Thank you so much for listening and I hope that you have a great week being a ninja in your own life. Have a good one. See you next week. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.